Amoroso, and this is the D2Z Podcast, building and growing your business from a Gen Z perspective. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to D2Z, a podcast about using the Gen Z mindset to grow your business. I'm Gen Z entrepreneur Brandon Amoroso, founder and president of Retention as a Service Agency uh, Electric. And today I am joined by uh, Adina Murabi, which I hope I didn't butcher your last name, uh, partnerships team lead at Akendo. Um, I'm going to introduce you in a moment here, but before that, just have to uh, call out our sponsor, Gorgeous, the number one Shopify customer support platform, helping brands like Brewmade and 11,000 more turn their customer support into a profit center. So elevate your customer experience, increase retention, and boost efficiency with Gorgeous's omni-channel help desk. And you can book a demo on their website and mention the D2Z podcast to get your second and third months free. But without further ado, Adina, would you like to uh, introduce yourself to everybody listening? Sure. Thanks, Brandon. Hi, everyone. My name is Adina Marabi. And Brandon, you did not butcher my last name. You got it right. Um, I currently manage our West Coast agency partnerships at Okendo, as well as our tech partners. Um, been here for two years, exactly. Just celebrated my two-year anniversary the other day. And um, Okendo is a ratings, reviews, and surveys tool that works with over 8,000 merchants on Shopify and Shopify Plus. Some, you know, that you might recognize, Skims, Buck Mason, Florence by Mills, Netflix, a lot of fun, fast-growing Shopify D2C brands. I like the uh, the Florence by Mills shout out. Oh the, yeah, uh... you like a little shout out. So, how did you um, get your start in in ecom and wind up uh, working at Akenda? Yeah, great question. So, I actually started out my career in politics, which not a lot of people know. Um, and then I quickly realized it was not the industry for me started working at sales at Oracle, and then I met the wonderful Rachel Tires, um, who is our SVP of partnerships at Okendo. At the time, she was VP of partnerships at Mute6, which is um, another performance marketing agency here in LA. Um, so got a job there, started working in e-com, and then quickly realized you know, something's going on in the tech space that I need to be a part of. It's fast growing. It's a lot going on, lots of investment. And so a few months later, I reached out to Rachel again and here we are. And it's been two years. That's awesome. I didn't realize it had already been two years. It's uh... Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Time flies. Yeah. So, so. obviously since you joined Akendo, um, the Shopify sort of ecosystem, uh, especially on the technology side, is a lot different in 2021 than it is in, in 2023. Obviously, things have changed a lot since 2021 when you joined uh, the Akendo team, <clears throat> at least in terms of like the Shopify ecosystem and uh, the way uh, tech companies have been uh, growing or, or not growing. And was curious, what are some of the macro trends you've seen this year, at least? Because uh, yeah. you obviously have a lot of access to both agencies and the tech partners as well. Um, and so what are some of the insights that you could share and shed a light on there? Yeah. And that's that's a really great question. I actually 
just got back from a conference in Miami. Um, and the biggest topic of conversation right now is one, you know, the economic downturn and how that's affecting consumer behavior and discretionary spending. Um, and obviously that trickles into, you know, brands and their acquisition of new customers and also just, you know, seeing the sales that they need. Um, that is being paired with rising acquisition costs. So it's becoming a lot more, you know, costly to acquire a new customer rather than retaining um, an existing customer and, and increasing LTV, which is customer lifetime value. So those are kind of the topics of conversation on the merchant side. Mm -hmm. And then on the tech side, um, we're hearing a lot of merchants telling us, you know, that they want to consolidate their tech stack that, you know, because of all these vendors that are kind of popping up and have popped up during um, the time between 2021 and 2023, you know, merchants can be working with five, 10, 15 different tech partners in order to achieve and accomplish the same goals. Um, and so those are kind of the trends that we're seeing. Um, there are a lot of ways that we're thinking about helping brands get through that time here at Okendo. Um, and I can definitely dive into that as well if you want me to. Yeah, because you're sort of going through your own product bundling phase uh, right now with the launch of uh, Connect or Surveys. Um, which one was that nine months ago or how long yeah, was that? Yeah, 10, maybe 10 months ago now, like nine or 10 months. Yeah. So I guess how have things been going on that front? Because that's something I've been asking a lot of our tech partners who are adding a complimentary like product to their offering. And mm -hmm. just curious in terms of uh, whether the adoption is primarily coming from existing customers or if it's coming from like net new, is it like a net new inbound source as well? Because you now have this additional product functionality. Um, yeah. But I get like, for me, it feels like Akendo could be the zero party data platform where, I mean, yeah, there's, um, there's reviews and surveys, but then there's other solutions that we use right now, whether mm -hmm. it's for quizzes or other things where we're getting zero party data. Um, but it's not ideal to have multiple different platforms getting that zero party data because then you can't ask like logical next questions in the customer journey. Like if you go and take the quiz and we ask you what your skincare type is, but then we ask you the same question in the post-purchase survey, it's like, why? And then when Clavio, we have somebody who has two pro or two properties that have the same answer. Whereas we could have used that to ask another question in the post-purchase survey so that we can yep. build out a more like enriched customer profile. Um, yep. But yeah, how have things been going on, on that front with the uh, additional like sort of complementary product line? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, about a year ago, we were at a pivotal point where, you know, we needed to take a look at the company's roadmap and what we're hearing in the space. You know, what is some of the feedback that we were getting from merchants, from our agency partners? What were some of the issues that we could solve you know, in the ecosystem. And one of the biggest things we heard was marketing channel attribution and just collecting additional data that you can use to retarget 
um, your customers and increase LTV. One of the ways that you can do that is through running a survey, right? The first part is through reviews, which we already do. The second would be collecting additional information through surveys. Um, so with Okendo, you can uh, create and launch four different uh, or a ton of different types of surveys, but across four different channels. So it's not mm-hmm. limited to just post-purchase. You can run um, shareable link surveys, post-purchase, of course, on-site surveys, and then post-review. The benefit of having a reviews platform you know, in the same house as your surveys platform is the ability to uh, avoid asking duplicate questions, right? Like you don't want to be asking your customer when they're leaving a review, what's your skin type? And then, like you said, in a post checkout survey, asking again, what's your skin type? You don't want to have that duplicate efforts, which you can be using that time and your customer's attention to ask additional data questions. Mm -hmm. Um, You asked who is adopting the platform or that feature currently. I would say a mixture of both. We do have a lot of our current customers leveraging Okendo surveys to understand, you know, where they can attribute the sale. Is it through, is it from Facebook? Is it from Instagram? Is it from Google search Mm -hmm. through a friend? Um, It's also a really great way to understand who are your brand promoters? So asking questions around net promoter score, how likely would you recommend our product or our brand to your friends? And then that kind of segues into our latest product that's coming out, which is referral software. So being able to turn your current customers into a referral stream and acquire additional customers that way, um, asking your customers to refer their friends and family. Um, And you can obviously ask your five-star reviewers. You can ask your customers that have left you a 10 out of 10 on their net promoter score. Um, So we're really, really, again, like sitting here and trying to figure out what are our customers looking for? Like what's, what's kind of the, the biggest gap in the system and how can we help fill that? Um, So referrals is next coming out end of June. And then um, after referrals, we have two additional products that we're working on that will be released later on in the year. That's exciting. We'll have to do a, I know you're excited. we'll have to do another episode when, when we can talk about those more. And oh, yeah. I feel like there's, there's definitely um, a movement in the market as a whole to go towards product bundling, but then there's still a few areas where the, I think they will sort of live on as standalone apps like gorgeous, for example, with customer service, I don't really see any tech partner that we currently work with, like adding customer service to their platform because it's such a unique and distinct like function. And I think same could be said for customer communication marketing, whether it's like email, text, direct mail. Um, I feel like you need a platform that does that actually goes out and sends all the communications to the customers. I don't really see, I don't know, let's say hypothetically, um, I don't see a recharge adding on like very robust email and SMS marketing capabilities or or something like that. So I think there's still some pretty clear 
like swim lanes, but then the lines start to bore a lot. And especially because the whole ethos of the Shopify ecosystem was you use like an app for each specific function and then they all integrate with one another. Um, so I guess one question I have for you out of curiosity is what are tech partners doing now when it comes to managing relationships that may or may not be completely competitive with new product offerings that the tech companies are, are coming out with. Yeah. It's, it's really tricky, isn't it? You know, I think (laughs) I'm trying to navigate it too. So I'm, I'm curious how you are. Right. And I think as, as we continue through the year, um, we will continue to see consolidation happening in the ecosystem where, um, you know, partners will see an opportunity to launch a new product in order to retain their own clients or Mm -hmm. in order to upsell their own clients. So I think we're all just kind of looking at, at, at the ecos at looking at the environment and thinking to ourselves, like, how can we continue to drive value, not just for ourselves, but for our clients? It's a really, really tricky situation when you're working with a partner and you know, and they know that you're launching a competitive product, but it's not your only product. So you can still work with them. And there's an understanding there that if they refer you a client, you won't mention the competitive product. So you know, we like to say that we play fair in the sandbox, and we we definitely do. Um, there are definitely uh, certain like categories of things that we are not going to get into: email and SMS. Like that's not our thing. We're not going to do that. We're not going there. Um, it's more so, you know, just um, some of the ancillary functionalities that we think we're really strong at, which is data collection, like you said earlier, um, and just sort of the like retention piece um, and the lifetime value of a customer. So it's interesting, you know, I come from an agency background and previously when I was at that agency, we still partnered with other agencies that had competitive services. Like, you know, we worked with an agency that only did Google search, or we would work with an agency that only did um, email marketing, but we had the full suite. And so it's just an understanding that if you're working with someone and you still can, um, that you would never broach that relationship by like trying to take the client um, after they referred you. So it's just an understanding there, but I really don't know what's going to, I don't know what it's going to look like. Like, I really don't know, you know, I have no way of, of like really like knowing if a, if a tech partner is going to be like, we don't want to work with you anymore. Right. I just, I just kind of have to continue. I mean, I kind of, I kind of look at it like um, how Shopify has a bunch of products that are technically competitive with apps, but they're just, sort of there for those who want the baseline functionality like Shopify's email product. But we don't have a single client who uses Shopify's email product because it's right. not Clavia. And Shopify reviews. We don't have a single mm-hmm. client who uses Shopify reviews because it's not Akendo. Because right. they're just sort of 
they're they're there for those who want the product bundle and also don't need to like push the platform or push reviews to 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 the to sort of upper threshold i guess and yeah so i think there's some room for that as well and the, some of the bigger players in the e-com space like they've added on products but they've even told me in the agency side like this is more so here for those that want it but it's not like this truly is a competitor to this other company that you work with all the time like you yep. should stick working with them um, but yeah i mean on the agency side agreed there too because we partner with other agencies there's other agencies that have stronger skill sets in some areas than than we do and, and vice versa um, and at the end of the day i mean the client is going to choose one way or another so if i'm a tech partner i don't really want to be like sticking my foot in the line and being let's say hypothetically uh akendo surveys and akendo reviews like you have a client who's using reviews but you got a they're using another surveys product and you're are you really going to tell that group of customers actually you have to use our surveys because we're not going to integrate anymore with this with other with this other survey tool and i think that's a great way to like piss off a lot of people and mm. not engender sort of good faith in the ecosystem which means a lot especially when there's a lot of competition in some of these areas too it's like well whatever i'm just going to go on and, and find another solution so 100%. i think uh, I think there's room for everyone. I, I haven't seen as many um, acquisitions as I would have thought, at least not yet. But I'll be yeah. curious as things progress over the next like year, year and a half here, um, yeah. what that looks like. Because there were a lot of layoffs both on the agency and the tech partner side. So I think that extended runway for, for a bit for some. But there's also some areas where it just makes so much sense and mm -hmm. return softwares and your order tracking systems. So like a loop and then there's Malomo and Wonderman. I'm like, I mean, the, you, you, this could not make more sense in, in my opinion, but it's like, how do you, how do you work out the details? And then also dealing with the fact that a lot of these companies raised pretty significant amounts of money over the last three years. And so um, an exit in, 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 in this current environment may not be advantageous for them. Yeah. yeah, and exit. We're not going to see a lot of acquisitions happening right now because um, it's just a very volatile market, and um, I don't think that a lot of tech companies, like if tech companies were going to raise or if they were going to get acquired, they they're not going to get the same valuation that they did, you know, previous to the economic downturn, and we really don't know, like how long this is going to last. Like we don't know when things will turn around for the better. Um, so I think in the meantime, that's why you're seeing a lot of these tech companies with the resources be able to come out with new products. Um, yeah. And to your point with Shopify having, you know, all these other features that you can bundle that are really basic. Sure. Like, if you really dig into it, a lot of tech partners offer other services, like even like recharge, for example, they do have an SMS component, even though it's just to remind you of your subscription coming up, right? Yeah. Like there are, there are features available to a lot of tech partners that are also available to other tech partners, but you really have to look at who is the best of breed in that category who does the best job and do they integrate with all the other platforms that they need? If the answer is yes, then there's no question about you. Like you shouldn't doubt working with that partner just because 
it's not bundled, you know? Um, And I know, you know that, and I know that a lot of brands know that as well, but I think from time to time, we do talk to brands that are just like only concerned with the tech bundling and they're kind of overlooking like the quality of, of who they're working with. Yeah. One of the biggest gaps I've seen is in brands migrating over to Shopify from like a Magento or just some other ecosystem. And that ecosystem, first of all, is not nearly as mature or as large. And, and so they're just trying to sort of figure it out on their own. And then it comes down to which tech partners have the best sort of marketing and like SEO. And it's less about the actual product itself. Cause you sort of don't know what you don't know. And so, um, we ended up with, I want to say a merchant like last year who came to us too late, unfortunately. And their tech stack was just like mm. awful, just terrible um, <laughs> for no fault of their own. They were just going off of what they could find online and sort of the marketing and, oh, you, you're really big. You got this investment from Shopify. I guess you must be like the number one. And it's like, well, you're not really, you, you just don't know what you don't know. Um, yeah. And then they're locked up to like an annual contract. And so we're sort of handcuffed on our end because we can't do too much. But I feel like that's the biggest gap I've seen, at least in um, tech stack selection, is when you have a sort of an outsider entering into the Shopify ecosystem and Mm. they're not just privy to, I don't know, the the sort of, there's a lot of, I I feel like there's a, there's a lot of things that people just know within the Shopify ecosystem. If you've been been within it for long enough that you wouldn't do, but if you came at it looking externally and you just look up like Shopify reviews app on the internet, that's where you're going to end up. Yeah. And you know what, Brandon, that's why they need you. That's why they need a lot (laughs) of marketing because you guys have been doing it for so long. You, you have it down to a T it's, it's a recipe, you know, like some, I was just on the line with your team not too long ago, um, a couple, maybe 30 minutes ago. And, um, we were talking about how you guys have 30, 60, 90 plans and how it's baked into every client you work with. And there's really a strategy behind like where you need to be and where you're going as a Shopify merchant. Um, and if you're new to the space and you don't have a good agency that you're working with, work with electric marketing because they know what they're doing. So, <laughs> you know, that's my bit of advice here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, tech stack is super important for us because um, I don't think it can grow your business overnight. Like if you just download an app, you still have to set it up. You still have to put it into your customer journey. Like it's not going to turn itself on, but your, yeah. your tech stack can limit and inhibit your growth, um, which yes. we've run into numerous times before where you're just not able to do what you want to do because your solutions don't talk together or they're just not, they're just not functional. Um, yes. Agreed. But I, uh, I appreciate the electric plug. So I know we're running up on time here. Is there any sort of last um, comments or uh, things you want to sort of highlight for, for the audience, either from a overall ecosystem perspective or um, from a partnership standpoint, since you have the purview of both agencies and, uh, and tech partners? Yeah. That's a really good question. Um, I guess my my one bit of advice slash feedback is um, something I mentioned earlier. So I think people get really caught up in this idea of having all of their tools under one roof, you know, and sacrificing quality just to 
have everything sort of in in one vendor. Um, really, really think about that because chances are that partner is good at one thing, but they do other things as well. And you're sacrificing all the other functions of your business um, for quality. So when you're doing your research, reach out to um, your consultants, whoever you're working with, your agency partner, do a bit of research and really try to understand who is the best of breed in what they do. All of the platforms integrate with one another. That should be the number one priority. Um, and just make sure that you're, you know, you're really building that good customer experience that is going to help you increase your LTV. It's going to help you convert more shoppers so that your acquisition costs go down. So that's my bit of advice. I don't know. I'm sure I have more advice, but um, you can always reach out to me or reach out to Brandon if you have any other questions as well. Awesome. Um, if people want to get in contact with you, what would be the best uh, best way to do so? Feel free to email me. My email address is Adina, A-D-E-N-A dot Marabi, M-E-R-A-B-I at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, for everybody listening, as always, it's Brandon Amoroso. Find me at brandonamoroso.com or electricmarketing.com. And we will see you next time. Thank you.